We got a podcast going, POD Cast. Here's your Wes. weekly podcast about all things POD related. Hey, I'm Podcasts. Wes. Uh, is this going to be good? Podcasts. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing it. Oh, oh this is, it's happened. The podcast oh. is happening. Podcasts. You're Shit. on it. All right. It's West yeah. Berdine, 551. Hey. hey, thank you for having me. We uh, we weren't able to do our own podcast this week, so I'm here. After what happened at the futsal tournament, you guys were such cowards that you couldn't they face it. literally were cowards. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna talk you. about we're gonna talk about that in a couple of minutes. How are your kids, uh, Zeller? Uh, yeah, one one kid. I have kid. <laughs> one kid. Still sick, you know. <laughs> Still sick. It's coughing. Like fucking only month. only uh, only two of us have twins. On yeah, this right. Show. Only yeah, us. Exactly. Uh, no, he's uh, I guess Zeller. Just doesn't have the potent stuff though. <laughs> the, the potent bank account to get in vitro. Oh, <laughs> listen, listen, dude. I've had sex one time, and I have one kid. <laughs> Thousand percent. I've had a, and uh, my kids are fraternal twins, so that means it wasn't my potency; it's my wife's potency. She's oh, just throwing eggs out, out eggs, there, just egg boom, after egg, boom, boom. Yeah, spitting yeah. eggs like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. See, we 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 were all just swinging and missing. We had sex. Oh God, I've had sex thousands of times. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then, but we couldn't. You know, we're both shooting blanks, and so we had to go to the doctor, and they just all mix it up like like paste and like, they, a, uh, like a cake imagine. batter. Yeah, pretty much. That's Magic. why they call it the Papy Batter. Live from the black heart of St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You won't me. That type of dude And I want to be who you like me to But we both know I can't do nothing at all You say there's no use in walking out And I say This is the days I know Going wherever we go, listening and singing slow. The days I know. This is the days I know. I think uh, let's let's scrap that rap song and let's put that fucking shit. That's just, all we need. Let's just cut that every time, exact no. same take. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, uh, we are West Berdine for the 551 uh, podcast uh, because we happen to be at the bar that he owns and runs. And, yeah. And he happens to be here because he owns and runs it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's, it's he's in never seen a microphone he won't talk no, into. No. So. <laughs> oh, Mark, hello. Let me talk on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. I, we've got the, uh, the uh, Democratic uh, debate watch party going on. with it's like a Elizabeth Warren specific yeah, watch party. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're welcoming to everyone, but. Warren people put on this party, and then uh, in the back room there's the queer uh, speed dating going on, and then Red Loons usually meet this night, so we push ourselves down into the uh, drag queen dressing room in the dank-ass basement of this bar. So, it is uh, hotter than shit down there. Yeah. This sounds it sounds like the most liberal fucking shit. It's like, <laughs> well, we got the queer uh dance party or whatever oh, yeah. we got the war and watch party we got the fucking socialists downstairs so come on down to uh <laughs> did i just scare away all your customers and we've got the satanist group meeting uh after this podcast it's oh, really? totally great 
They no. got it booked? Not really, oh, but shit. that'd be great. That would be perfect. Uh, alas. Um, we got lots to talk about, so we're going to talk about it. But first, we're going to talk about you giving us American currency. Yeah, so if you like the content you hear each week in this uh, fuck God forsaken, uh, I, I will also add award uh, championship winning podcast. Yes. That award, is, I know. Award winning podcast. Award winning yes. and championship winning. More importantly, yes. championship winning. I haven't, won a, I haven't won a trophy in a long time. We won a trophy. Now you have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> visit uh, patreon.com backslash the Daves I know. Help support the Daves that you know. I'm a supporter. I support you the are, Daves yeah. I know. I support the Page 5 One podcast too. Yeah. Although you guys are just. Yeah. You guys are, why don't you guys yes, just I know that you support it more than back. I support you. <laughs> yeah, I got that's it. True. Yeah. Oh, wow. But we have better equipment, so <laughs> thank you. That's true. That's <laughs> also true. Uh, so we're going to. We're gonna try and keep it. Well, not, we're not gonna keep it tight. But we're, here's how we're gonna run it down this week. We're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the Minnesota uh, soccer, chair, uh, football, futsal podcast, charity shield, open cup, open cup, charity. championship, company cup, cup uh, for for charity that we yeah. uh, participate. The three of us participated amongst other people uh, on Saturday. Um, we're talking a little bit about that really that fucking debacle in Houston because we have a problem, Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, RSL and like dive in a little bit to this uh, controversy that's happening around Minnesota United. So that's uh, that's your agenda. So let's start with the uh, the put- futsal Man, tournament. It's going to start high and then it's going to just it's fucking just gonna down, down, It down. is really, Not yeah. Good. Uh, so I, I'm going to recap the important stuff about uh, the tournament before we get to the really important stuff. Um, this is hosted by the podcasts themselves. Uh, the 551 podcast, the Dave's I Know podcast, that we call it soccer podcast, and the uh, Minnesota football show. Yep. Uh, we'll loosely call that a podcast. Um, if you weren't there, we had a blast. It was a futsal tournament. It was basically 4v4 with some subs. Uh, every team played every other team once, and, and then there, there was one championship game. More than anything, this is what I want people to walk away with. Um, we were sponsored by Summit. They give us a bunch of beer. We were sponsored by Pence Homes, Nate Pence, and his Pence organization. PenceHomes.com. We, we, we will make any jingle you want. Yeah, <laughs> with, um, and, yeah we, and we don't bust out raps like you do on the 551 podcast. We actually sing songs. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, uh, and I, I would say, like, the idea for this was basically, like, uh, Minnesota United and U.S. Soccer have put in these futsal courts. They put one in. They're going to put another one at the, at the end of September. Uh, right at basically like a quarter six, of a mile six from here, north, yeah. north of uh, the stadium, and nice. like I wanted to see them, and I was like, "Hey, why don't we just do this stupid thing?" Uh, you know, Zeller and I always talk here at the bar, and like, it's like, "Why don't we just do this stupid podcast tournament?" I invited these three other, I challenged these three other podcasts, yeah. and we were like, "Let's just like find a way to raise money and do this." Uh, you know, I know that there's other podcasts around. There's other people who felt left out. Those are some hurt feelings. But, uh, I mean, we'll talk about Fuck this those one. other podcasts. They'll, like, in future, like, we'll figure out ways. Like, this was great success. We raised $1,100 or so. Almost $1,100. Yeah, like $10,050. One, $1,050. Yeah, $1,000. Yeah, it's, it's $1,050. But, like, $1, for a stupid thing we put together two months ago, it was awesome. And you did a lot of work uh, uh, and... I did well. Both of us did a lot. Yeah, of work, no, 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 no. Yeah, we. I, so we, yeah, we, we got Summit on board to sponsor. They were super. They're super awesome. Um, they just gave us a shit ton of beer, and we were like, hey, just pitch in for whatever beer. I thought like, if we raise like four hundred dollars, that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. Because we, we actually asked everybody who's playing to pitch in ten bucks. So like, each team had about seven players, four teams. That's two hundred eighty bucks. Like, okay, cool. Not everybody's probably gonna pitch in. Whatever. That's totally fine. If we if we made it out another hundred twenty bucks and people donating. 
I would have been totally fine. Yeah. Um, Nate Pence stepped up with uh, his donation, which is yeah, awesome. Five hundred bucks. So five hundred dollars. Pencehomes.com. And then everybody, like, we, and I was like, okay, it'd be cool. Like, it'd be cool if like we play each other, and like, there's maybe like our families are there, and uh, and a couple other, a couple other like random passerbys. Yeah. People actually like took time out of their day to come watch the yeah. entire fucking thing. Yeah. Like four hours of <laughs> of. Mostly pasty white guys running around on a on a soccer on a like a futsal court. Um, pasty white guys on your team. Listen, yeah, we, we were listen, the whitest team. That, listen, that, West, that segregated You're a pretty team. Pasty, pasty but, white uh, guy. You know, so I will say that one of the nice parts about it is that the quality of soccer was extremely mediocre, which made it very fun. Yes. Well, it, it also wasn't piss poor. It wasn't so poor that no. it wasn't fun, but yeah. it wasn't so good that it was annoying. And so yeah. I want to say yeah. congratulations to the Daves. Oh I yeah, know. we won the fucking thing. We won you the won. Yes. You went undefeated. Uh, yeah, we, I don't think anybody scored more than three goals 55 on us. 55-1 uh, uh, came in second. Uh, you did. Congratulations on your, your runner-up trophy. Yeah. Wait, uh, there was no runner-up trophy. No, we didn't get shit. <laughs> uh, but you guys won with uh, Chris Lidholm was your ringer. And he was, yeah. uh, boy, was he good. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's a he played kind of a target forward uh, yeah. most of the yeah. time, and he could just take the ball in at his feet wherever it came and lay it off. Yeah, to he's exactly not, where it needed to he's be. He's not the quickest of uh, a foot in terms of like running down the court, but right. the guy's got some ball. And one of skills. our guys took him the fuck down. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and, yeah. and I thought, oh, Chris is dead because I told Chris when I saw him before kickoff, I was like, I'm gonna kill you. And then like one of our guys almost killed him. Yeah. And, uh, we had, there was we only one one like semi major injury. Apparently, it wasn't as bad as it appeared to be. Yeah. When uh, we thought it was a snapped Achilles, Dan Menk <laughs> on the uh, we yeah. call it soccer. Yeah, but apparently, it was just like the a, just worst reason to get injured is no. that turtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and it just reminds me that ne- next time we do this, like we should probably have waivers. Yeah. So and it was it was stupid fun. I like I definitely that final. I was very serious and there was one point where Issa, Rodrigo's daughter who was playing with us was like you guys need to chill because <laughs> this is just a game to me and I looked at her I was like Issa, this is a fucking trophy you fight for trophies you need to learn this lesson but I, the other thing I'll There's say on our part, Carl Craig coaching my team was one of the greatest moments because he literally had his tactics board, he, he brought did, it out yeah. During halftime, whatever, and we talked about it, and we actually got better once he was like, hey, look how Chris Lidholm's being used in a way that the other teams were not. You guys were set up in a diamond. Yeah. The other teams were set up in, like, a, like, 4-1-2, whatever. Like, but, like, it was different. He was like, here's what we need to do. And it, like, worked. Like, definitely the game was close until, like, you guys scored three goals in a row in that final. Right, right after halftime, we just yeah. like fell apart yeah. and whatever. But it was yeah. just it was, it was it was like I think it was like two two one at half, and then yeah, right after the halftime, we scored like yeah. three right in a row. Yeah. Um, just, just to be coached by uh, Carl is pretty. Oh cool, yeah, though. and I love that man so deeply. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was great, beautiful. Uh, yeah. So I think I think both of the Daves uh, had had goals, right? I didn't, you know, I didn't score a goal uh, oh, this time, okay. but um, but I had some pretty uh, monster saves with my chest uh, against you guys. You yeah, yeah, um, and one Dave. Definitely took off his shirt celebrating a goal. <laughs> yeah, well, so we, so we both got yellow cards. I will give you that. We did both get yellow cards. <laughs> did you get red card? Did you get two yellows in that final? I got two yellows. You got but no, nobody you, kicked me out. But you right? got you got one so yellow. You cheated. So no, 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 no. illegal. He got a yellow. He got a yellow in the game against uh, yeah, the football show, and then he got a second yellow in the game against you guys. So he didn't get two yellows in a game. Yeah. So he should have. Because there was sh- time wasting. That was me. But that was time. There was multiple time wasting. So I. 
I, I didn't I didn't mean to be a prick about taking my shirt off after the goal. Like they, we've been, we've, no, yeah, done, you we've did. done a few bullshit things like this over time, and like it's a running joke basically how we have the podcast, all this other stuff, and I, I can't play soccer at all. I'm terrible at it. Can't do a damn thing. And so just to score a goal, I just wanted to make a big fucking campy deal out of it. And uh, what I did, and I shouldn't have done this, but uh, I was paired up with uh, Issa, who's like a 13-year-old girl, you know. And uh, when I finally got all my clothing back on and stuff, and like we were lined up again, I was like, "Yeah, you like my body?" And, like oh, in, my in retrospect, I didn't, I didn't mean it badly, but looking back, I wouldn't have said it again. Yeah, hindsight's <laughs> not great on that one. Oh my so, god, Rodrigo, I'm really sorry. He, the, yeah, I'll, I'll be, other he doesn't, doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Other than Chris Lindholm, the real ringers out there were the kids. They were the ones who actually oh, yeah. knew what they were doing. Nika Scheid scored two bangers in yeah. one of those games. Yeah, she did. Yes. Like from distance. Not yeah. happens. Yeah. 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 Issa was the best on the ball. Uh, yeah, the kids were great. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to keep it PG-13 enough that they could participate and all that. What a cool day. Yeah. I would say, yeah, we went 4-0. So we didn't we didn't allow more than three goals in a game. Felt good, and I think we scored at least eight in every single game. Felt so good, man. it was pretty it fucking amazing. It doesn't happen um, often. For all you haters out there, fuck you. We yeah. won that goddamn fucking tournament, and I think I might actually get like a trophy made for it, so that I can just have it over like over my mantle. For, Let's for talk the time about being. the design for that. Can it just yeah. be a bowling trophy? Can it literally just be a guy holding a bowling ball? Like? Possibly, yeah. Okay. We'll think. Uh, well, we'll work. We'll workshop it. Okay. But let's, I'm willing to. Yeah. I'm willing to put my own fucking money on the line uh, to make a it. trophy for it. So let's do it. Might let's as well, it. right? Patreon.com/backslash. So. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm not. Yo, yeah, no. I'm not gonna use my money. I'm gonna use the Patreon money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. So if you want, up I'll your, put my own money on the line. And by my own, I mean other people's. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that money from the Patreon and like slide it in my bank account to pay for the pay for that thing. Uh, money so. laundering. Um. Yeah. So, anything else you want to talk about the tournament? Like, it was great. Uh, you almost lost your kids to Luke Craig. Well, yeah, because uh, my kids were actually there. They don't show up for soccer stuff often, but no. uh, my wife and kids came, and uh, they wanted to watch me play. And um, I, my first shift out there was utter human fecal matter, and that so that was. And as soon as I came off, Luke, who was sub in for me, uh, and who himself is not a real fleet. Oh of no, 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 no! Listen. Uh, so listen, he, like he, as soon as he came out, he did something fucking awesome, and so I was joking about how he fucking he gets to take over my family and bed my wife and shit. So we, we had, with we had, my goal, I won my family. Yeah, we, with we had Chris Lidholm and Steve Nelson, who was like just runs like for days. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, bitching about that. I'm like, we also have Luke Craig and David Martin to like balance those two out. So like, let's call a space. But anyways, it's funny because, and I was sitting like when I was out out and you, I think you were playing. Your wife and uh, Benjamin and uh, Natalie were also, and like your wife, uh, Julia was like, hey, David. And I was like, oh, hey. She's like, Benjamin wants to say hi. I was like, hey, Benj, that's awesome. Like, he never wants to say hi to me. He knows you. They yeah, know you. They're fi- getting big. Finally remembers me, so. They're kindergartners yeah, anyways, now. They know what's up. I just thought it was, uh, I, I, I just, anyways, I, I think, I just want to say it was, uh, I think it was fucking fantastic. Um, thank you, Wes, for calling out the podcast on it. I think, and I think we've talked a little bit about it and like, I definitely want to do it again. I think uh, Rodrigo had mentioned a place in the winter we could do it indoors. Um, Sergio from Ladona played on the uh, Minnesota football show team. Sure. He offered his space. Um, he has a smaller space, so more of a three-on-three kind of thing yeah, um, sure. for like next spring. And then doing it at the uh, futsal you know, church, uh, court over here by the bar, we can do like a nice like post-game bar thing. Yeah. Like if, if having raise money Pachuca. for something, I'll do it. Oh often. yeah, oh, 100% all, all yeah. the time, always. So. 
Okay, excellent tournament. Uh, congrats to all the combatants. Um, oh, and we got we got to figure out what our thirty second podcast uh, commercial is going to be. Yes, that the other podcast will have to air on their. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And, and eleven hundred dollars ish goes to. Oh, uh, yeah. Like a girl, which like, is a, yeah, like a girl, a nonprofit that we all talk about a lot. It's a um, St. Paul based. Uh, you know, gets mostly like girls of color. Like gets them in front of like college recruiters, and it's a super great uh, organization, and yeah. we all love supporting. I it, literally, so. I literally emailed the ED of that uh, on Monday, or I think it was on Tuesday, because I needed to get the e- email from Matt Pravatsky from Equal Time Soccer Podcast, and uh, e- uh, email was like, was line was like, um, I need to give you a thousand dollars. Please don't delete this. It <laughs> 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 was just like, like, hey, you know, it's part of like organize a part like one of the organizers of this dumb soccer podcast tournament, and thought we raised a little bit of money, and then we went and did a damn thing and raised a thousand dollars. And I need to give you a thousand dollars. How can I do that? And then she like bring her board in because she's like, I don't know, like what do I do? So I'm actually meeting with her tomorrow, uh, Friday. We're gonna have breakfast, and uh, I'm gonna literally gonna give her a check for five hundred dollars, and like literally over five hundred dollars in cash. So Great. yeah. Awesome. It's fucking amazing. So thank you to everybody who came. Um, thank you to all the people who played. If you are a, a podcast who what didn't play, um, whatever, we'll get you into the next one. But I think you know, I think doing this fairly regularly, like I mean, the team does shit all the time, and uh, ultimately, like we can uh, make this shit happen independently of the team too. We don't need the team to lead on this sort of stuff to like raise a shit ton of money for really awesome organizations and that just was reiterated by the fact that again we raised almost over like almost a thousand over a thousand dollars for this organization so absolutely Um, we have to pivot from that really positive note to a much darker note and that is recapping uh, Minnesota's capitulation to the Houston Dynamo on the road last night two nights ago when you're listening to this um yeah let's start with uh um, what was your best moment of the game christian ramirez scoring a goal was it yeah honestly like felt feel good for him that was his first in the orange no it wasn't it was his second i think he, he scored set, on his debut yeah, he scored in on Philadelphia. His debut. Yeah. Yeah. first first in houston in houston first in okay. houston yeah. Maybe that's um, what I meant. yeah it, yeah honestly yeah um i, I i'm gonna throw you a, a related because they're not a lot of great on the field moments but um, I'll throw you this one. Um, him apologizing to us as Minnesota supporters for celebrating his goal. I I don't think he has to. I just yeah, only like only like two freaking like sixteen year olds complained on his Instagram post. But of course, Christian his one of his fatal flaws is listening to like sixteen year old haters. And being like, oh well, and, and you, know, you and like, you and Bruce, just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he always does his celebration, yeah. well, his, right, his he, tune it out. He did that. He the did reason that. that he does it, which is ironic, is because he always listens to bullshit. Like he's, oh, yeah. he just soaks up all the negative feedback from social media and stuff. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's, he uh, doesn't tune it out at all. And so, I will say my best moment of the game. I uh, I don't have a moment, but um, there like I think um. Thomas Chacon in the first half, there's no moment I can speak to. He put in a good um, shift. But, yeah, I, I felt like watching him was like there's something like I'm, I'm, I'm not like super hyped on him, but I, I thought that his job was really difficult. He had to be the creative person amongst only a front three, right. and he didn't have a great game, 
but it was because he was on an island. But he did a good job with what he had. Chacon, so, yeah, so, for sure. So I will say, like, I don't have a moment. My moment is Christian Ramirez. I, I cheered for him when he scored it. I love that guy so much. Yeah. So, But I'll, I'll go Chacon during that first half. I, I think I, I think everybody at the bar like cheered when Christian scored, even though it was like they did right, very, it was right before halftime. It was like a nail in the coffin. They did goal. very like mutedly. Yeah, but yes, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'll give him a full throat. No, no, I actually I will say I'm sorry. This Ethan Finley's oh. effing amazing like uh, yeah. crane kick goal that then was that was he Let's was great it. that game, and that was a great goal. Unfortunately, yeah. off because of. Tri- Angelo. Uh, spin, the, the whole game was a lot of trying to spin gold out of straw, you know. And um, I always wonder about the playmaker role when you play as a, a counterattacking team, you know. Uh, what's the best way to make a playmaking role like Chacon was asked to play work when you're going to try to absorb pressure and then counter? That's one um, lock that I've never figured out how to pick. You know who's good at it? Darwin. And Darwin was injured. Right. But he's really, I mean, that's his best role as a second striker on a counterattack. But we didn't have As long him, as so. he's willing to give the ball up and not carry the world on his shoulders and feel well, like he has to be the one to score the goal. One of the, the great goal, things about Darwin is that he will take people on, and people are like, oh, he always gets beaten when he tries to take him on. But the great thing is that he gets beaten, and then he immediately, like, the ball just goes crazy, right? He runs at someone so fast, the ball hits into them, and it goes, and then he keeps fighting for it, and he gets it. Even last year when he was on his best, he would just run into people. The ball would fall at his feet and he'd still score. He's always He just makes chaos. He's trying to Ibsen his way past guys. You know, Ibsen was not a take guys one-on-one style. Take that he, name he off. creates uh, the chaos. Take that name off your lips. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this might be an easier question. What was your worst moment of the game? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with like that Finlay goal. Like, the fact that I got called, called back was just shitty. And then also the... Uh, the handball that was not a, that was not called a handball in the box late in the game, and I don't think there was any. Even if those things happen, I just I don't I don't see, and I'm gonna get to this in a, in a minute. Um, I just don't think that there is any way, shape, and form that we were gonna win that game. Um, why in the fuck this team rolls out with a four to three, a, a formation that has never worked for this team, even when we had like when no, we had, it worked in Montreal. Okay, one time, yeah. one time. Uh, one fucking time, it worked, yeah. right? And yeah, I just I'm gonna go ahead and say um, it was the uh, the fact that that uh, Finley goal got called back. Um, I don't even. I just can you make do you, can you explain why? I mean, I obviously know why. Like Rodriguez was in an offside position, just didn't seem like he affected the play as much as he seemed. You could like, say that he screened the keeper. Um, yeah, I, it is something where. It is harsh, but it's not unreasonable of a call. Yeah, I don't know. um, But you can also say there was the handball. There was also the blatant pulling down of Icopara on a a corner. On a corner kick, yep, exactly. You you said that in no way should we win this game. We weren't terrible in this game. We weren't very good. Yeah. But, like, there's a world in which... I mean, Houston's shit, too. So, like, you don't don't need to be... You need to be not terrible to to win that game. Yeah. And you're right. We weren't... We weren't not terrible. There's some questionable decision-making, which I'll get to in, in, a, in a hot second here. Well, I'm sure you will in a second once I say this. My worst moment of the game is an hour before the game when we learned that Miguel Ibarra was out of the 18. And everyone knows I love Miguel, right? I'm very, I do too. I'm very open-eyed about Miguel's ups and downs this year. Miguel is not the, 
the panacea that will save us. Right. But you know what Miguel will do? He will fucking work his ass for, off for, for 90, 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And if you're talking about bringing on three players, especially Gregush, starting three players who just came back from international break, uh, Tuesday, Gregush flew back from Hungary. He played two 90-minute games during the that time. Uh, the, the Monday game, he only played five minutes. Okay. But he was sorry. flying back from fucking Bulgaria. Well, Bulgaria. Right. Okay, yeah. sorry. He's flying back on fucking them. Tuesday, flying back from fucking Bulgaria. I, f- I flew then, back from, from Atlanta after that fucking Open Cup match, and I was like, I was fucking wrecked, and I didn't even play a fucking soccer match. You probably drank a bit more than Gregush. True. Maybe. <laughs> but, but so for me, that that the worst moment of the game is, is Heath, for whatever reason, hating Miguel so much because it is about hate. It's not. Oh, wait, we, I, we have some theories. Because if you look at it and you just say, like, what is the best way? All right, Miguel is not the best this year. He's just been okay this year. And largely it's because he hasn't finished three or four chances. But, but if I'm setting up my team and I want to be like, what is the best way to get this? At least I can put this guy out there and he will be okay. Miguel has never been this season. He's never been bad. No. He's been mediocre or like bad mediocre that but he's never he has not been making mistakes maybe not finishing right but like so if you put him in there and you don't have to play that three-man midfield which has only worked once this season if you do that then you can put Chacon in the middle and you don't and you put Dotson and Alonzo and then you know bring Greg on for a half you don't put uh Lud on there, who Lud is also oh, as well coming from a break. All these decisions he made, if you just use Miguel for 60 minutes, you don't have to make all these other decisions that cause you, if you looked at that team, they looked tired. Yeah. Several of them looked from very the tired. And so if you don't make the decisions he made, which seem all made to exclude Miguel, and I know that's, that's stupid, but it seems like it, then you can you don't have to compensate by making a guy who just got back from Hungary play ninety yeah. minutes. And one thing I will point out is that he Miguel, like he's played the few times he's played, he's almost exclusively played on the left, which is his weaker side. Like if he if he has not been getting time on the right, where he you know like maybe one or two games. Um, yeah, I I have a whole rant about Heath's fucking decision making. The fact that he didn't start was bonkers. The fact that he wasn't even in the fucking eighteen. That's even crazier. Yeah, this is a depth game. Um, it was it was always going to be a depth game, and so uh, in in some ways you can think about it like a, a like a friendly in your roster creation with a friendly. If you can see that going on the road is is always tough, that we are you know we're going to have to turn around and play a game in just a few days once again. Uh, that you're going to have guys coming back from international break, that one of your key midfield catalysts in Darwin Quintero is going to be out, and you're going to be uh, considering how you fill holes not having a guy who is versatile in the 18 in a situation like that even if you don't start this guy you need versatility because you 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 find yourself sticking gum on leaks just trying to patch holes and what better can you do than a guy who can put in a good shift at any position mm-hmm. put him in 18 and i don't want i don't want to hear bitching about fucking international duty and all that shit well my uh, houston dynamo had a bunch of players on international duty too including uh uh Mora Minotas who scored their first goal. Yeah. So you know, and they didn't even they didn't even fucking start. I mean, Albert at least wasn't even on the fucking bench. But um, what, what I'll say is like, we've seen this in the past with with Heath, where he would like he now makes three subs a game usually. He used to not not do it because he didn't feel like 
the rest of the team was good enough. Right. And he's all, we've always made the joke, oh, I need two to three more players. He's always about replacing people. How many players who have been new have lasted more than a year? Like, Darwin's already on the outs with him, right? Angelo's already on the outs with him. It's fucking ludicrous that... Abu Dinladi came on instead of Angelo. And I know that some people are like on the fence about Angelo. I don't love the dude, but he's decent. You can see his quality. And like all these players that come in, it's always a new cycle. Oh, they're, they're great. They're going to be Jose Leiton, Alexi Gomez. They're always gone. So many of these attacking players, very rarely, other than like Ethan fucking Finley, do they laugh? And actually, Ethan Finley got fucking shunted to the bench once Molino came back. Mm-hmm. So he always just like gets whatever is new, and he wants his new toys, and he like puts them. He's a he's like a shitty Toy Story sequel. <laughs> like, it- oh yeah, I don't like uh, I don't like Woody anymore. I like uh, laser beam dickwad over here. So so you think that, so you think that's a, that's a Heath problem, not a, not a uh, uh, sporting side of the front office problem. Where they're saying, hey, we, we should really play these players. Maybe. It may be. I have no idea. But, yes, it's a Heath problem. I, t- I don't know what the answer is, but it's Heath. I mean, uh, do you guys have a separate most what-the-fuck moment from this game? I mean, Wes alluded to it. Uh, Dotson and Toy coming off at the 45th minute and putting on uh, fucking Abu Jinladi and Robin Lude. I just I, I about lost my fucking shit. Uh, here at the bar last night because I, I had no it, it, they're made it literally I'm, I'm literally losing, like, I'm at a loss for words right fucking now um, that's not good because this is a podcast yeah no it's it's it, this is not the medium for it, being at a loss of fucking words it. this is a primarily yeah, so, auditory format and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing back to, to just fucking talking about Adrian Heath and his lineup selection okay, so I'll give you two and a half minutes okay I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna probably blast through that so uh, Adrian Heath, we, so we have this game in LAFC, uh, or in LA, uh, last weekend, where we miraculously, by some godforsaken no, piece of g- shit luck, it was we pull, genius we pull a fucking, uh, a fucking, uh, uh, horseshoe out of our asshole, and, and Heath makes the right decisions in terms of tactics, and everybody plays a perfect fucking game, and Mason Toy scores two fucking bangers that, you know, he's... I don't haven't seen him score like goals like that. Like Mason Toy is great, and Mason Toy is like very much like I love like I think very, Mason Toy is very much in that Christian Ramirez model. Like the two goals that he fucking scored were bangers that no one. I mean, maybe Darwin scores those goals in the past. Um, maybe Kevin Molino on this team. I don't think there's anybody else on the team right now. I don't know. Trump. We haven't seen Chacon put one in the net yet. But anyways, so. Everybody, so we, we we win this game, this game that no one expected us to win because we got tactics right. Um, we played fucking Leap and Larry Olam, and we we beat LAFC two to nothing. Everybody's going off like Heath is a great coach. What the fuck's going on? Why is why is this all this Heath out stiff shit still here? You know what? A fucking blind unicorn finds a nut every once in a while. Um, that was not. It was not. Unicorns don't eat nuts. All right, blind squirrel. You're, you're, Ragnar's not old enough for you to know the facts about <laughs> unicorns, but our kids are. A, b- a blind squirrel finds a fucking nut every once in a while. Jesus Christ, um, this guy. And and this is and this is, and you mentioned the four three three being like a, a formation that we've never succeeded at, but once against Montreal when we were bunkering in and att- and like and counterattacking. They, and they Montreal. And it's and they Montreal. It's fucking Montreal. So 
Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap this whole thing up here real, real, real shortly. Um, I think this this team's performance so far, and, and me and you ch- chatted about this at the bar yesterday, Wes. Um, what is like where where do we draw the line in terms of this being a successful season, um, and whether Heath should be extended? Um, I think it's there. It's it's a sign that the team hasn't extended him yet, um, knowing. Uh, how like cheap the front office is when it comes to coaches and stuff like that. That also doesn't make also makes a lot of sense that they have not extended him because they they want to wait and see what happens. Um, I I'm I'm still of the volition that I I worry that this team might not make the fucking playoffs, let alone host a home playoff game. And it's because um, it's because of Adrian Heath. Like the team. Like if you or I. Or any one of us, like, fucking, was they just in the team room, like, making the tactics and be like, all right, here, four two three one or this three five two or five three two or whatever, I feel like this team would be more successful. And, I, you know, obviously there's there's the stuff that Heath does, like, in practice and the coaching staff that we don't see, so we don't know. But every single, almost every single one of his tactics seems to go, like, it's either, like, 90% of the time it just fucking blows up in his face, whether that is... Uh, uh, you know, kickoff lineup tactics or his sub or substitutions. Ten percent of the time, it's successful. And like, again, is that just he pulled a, a horseshoe out of his ass and like just had the right things and everybody played like a, a perfect game because everybody played a perfect game in the LLC game. Um, you're right. We didn't play terribly in this game. Like, there wasn't any like gigantic glaring mistakes other than Chase Gasper trying to like ruin dudes a couple times. Um, Chase should have had two red. Chase, yes, exactly. <laughs> We're gonna get. We're gonna. I'm gonna get to him in in in, uh, in a second here. But not if, uh, not if you'll speed this shit up. We're a half hour in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say everything all the time. <laughs> but anyway, so long story short, like yes, he gets it right every ten games. That's not. I mean, and then and then he now he has now he has the talent to like make up for his fucking deficiencies. This team wins in spite of Adrian Heath, not because of him. And I think that is the the, the thing that I just want to keep echoing that people in the front office, um, that they're the Heath fucking Adrian Heath fanboys, uh, love to like. Oh no, he wins. He wins. He's a winner. He's a winner. No, he's not a fucking winner. He wins in in spite of the team wins in spite of him, not because of him. My short, uh, my short, hey, Zeller. Uh, my short version of that is uh, my WTF moment is um, the 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 three man midfield the the first moment where Christian scuffed a shot and could have scored. It came from like uh, Christian's later goal. The midfield you have three man midfield and they don't seem to know they're not well coordinated and. It's easier somehow to get through our three-man midfield than a two-man midfield, and that's because the tactics don't work. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, a tough positional play there, and I think we saw it even a lot more in prior years when we were running four-two-three-one type situations, um, where you have three people and they don't know when to hand off responsibility for a runner, yeah. or if they're making a lateral move, they don't know how far to take the guy when you have to cut off for an overlapping fullback or you need to come back, you need to really challenge this guy. They don't know uh, when to make that move and they don't know when to transfer that responsibility and it makes it really easy to find space between the lines. Well, and l- let me just ask you, like, you know the lineup that uh, that got us through, like, the summer? Like, you yes. could have easily used a version of that the other night. Angelo up top, Chacon in the middle, Miguel out at left, uh, Finley out on right, 
Dotson and Alonzo in the middle, right? And the rest of the back line. So it's just two simple changes there. That got you results. So what you're sacrificing is, all right, Dotson has not proven that he's able to distribute quite as well as Gregush. Sure. And Chacon obviously is not Darwin yet. We don't know. Right. So you're taking a gamble there. But you do have two guys on the wings who are running up and down a lot and helping fill in stuff. And you do have uh, um, the opportunity. You have a guy like Angelo who, if you're playing away, he can hold the ball really well. And I know that there's, like, I am now, I'm not an Angelo stan, as they say. But, like, I see what he does for that team, and he's good at that. He's not great. And the fact that we changed, we were like, post-Christian, they were like, no, we need to change our tactics to suit this new guy. And now, Angelo seems to be on the outs, and we're going back to Toy, who, as Zeller was talking about here, he's basically Christian, right? A bit bit younger, faster faster Christian, yeah. He plays so much like Christian. He's got great feet. He's got great vision. He's creative. Decisive. He's not, He doesn't quite come and want to play as much with other people as much. He doesn't want yeah. to pass it off as much. But, like, he is... Yeah, he doesn't drop back as much as Christian does. He's, so. He is 80% Christian. And so, like, wait. You got rid of, like, this great goal scorer so that you could change tactics to go back to this other guy? And what are we going to do? Get rid of Angelo and then go with Toy? Right. And then, and then we're going to become a possession-based team once again. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what is the plan? That's yeah. where it's like, what well, is the fucking we, plan? When we became, and so, you know, there's a lot to say about uh, Angelo Rodriguez being on the outs there. Um, but if we decided that we were going to be a counterattacking team, he's, he's not a speedster. He's probably not well-suited toward being a counterattacking team. It might be the way that we need to be stylistically, given the players we have. But, yes, it also then makes it look pretty damn foolish to swing for uh, Angelo, who I'll remind you, went into the season still with designated player status and uh, say, no, we're not going to base the tactics around him. We're just going to fucking do an entirely different thing. I'm bringing to jettison Darwin as well. Like, who are we basing the tactics around then? So, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, that brings it back. Like, so they kept saying three-year plan, three-year plan, three-year plan. Um, I don't think they really thought that being shitty for two years was part of that plan. I think they figured they would work up to it, right? Um, and you know, who knows? Like ultimately, we may we may make the playoffs. Um, that I think, honestly, knowing this team, like have fo- having followed this team as long as I have, I think that's probably enough to keep for Heath to keep his job for at least another year. Um, I don't. I I would not like. Listen, if we don't win, host and win a fucking playoff game. I don't think he should keep his job. I don't care, even if he had won the fucking Open Cup. I think I don't think that would have that for me. That wouldn't have bought him any. Um, I distinctly remember Doctor Bill saying to me after the first season, Atlanta spent all this money and all they got was one extra game because Atlanta won lost their first playoff game. Right. So, Bill, I'll say, you know as well as they like. And so, like, I've gone through scenarios with people. We were doing it at the bar last night. Yep. Like, okay, well, let's say we finish third and lose the first play- playoff game. Is that good? David, maybe you can speak. Like, or if we finish sixth and we win two playoff games, we get to the conference finals and we lose. Like, 
I, I'm a bad person to ask because I borderline don't even care about individual results. <laughs> um, so I would look at t winning two playoff games, which would be a very memorable playoff run. And I'm like, anybody can win two individual games. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's about the long haul. And I don't think for – so if we're talking Heath, I don't – think that Heath should be rewarded for pulling, as David has mentioned multiple times, pulling a horseshoe out of his ass in two discrete instances, you have to look at the larger sample size. And that, yeah. that's not even necessarily to say that you have to dismiss Heath based on the larger sample size, but it matters way more to me than, as you put it, the third versus sixth, you know, what, which, which uh, uh, trade-off do you take thing. But. but at the end, like, what we've always said on our podcast is, we can judge Heath for individual decisions, like this last game. Yeah. I think leaving Miguel out is like a fuck you, unnecessarily, to a club legend, even though like some dude on Twitter was like quibbling with the fact that he's a club legend or something like that. Uh, and But like, we can quibble with that, but at the end, at the end of the season, we will see. If he can prove me wrong and win fucking MLS Cup or get to the final or, or even get to the semifinals, yeah. I think, like, if he gets to the semifinals, he's done a bit of proving me, dumbasses like me, a bit wrong. Because I think, like, you can pull a horseshoe out of your ass once, pull it out a couple times, you have something. And certainly the team. You have a new Pornhub channel is yeah. what you yeah. have. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, every, and, every, and so I agree with you. And, and when when Heath has done well, we I've as, as, as the fucking, um, like, the coal fucking shovel shoveler for the train that is Heath out. Um, I've been on. I've been like the fucking OG on this tr on this train for a long fucking time. We put when him to work. We did. He doesn't get to go up front. Oh no no no! I gotta I gotta he's, I gotta shovel the, the fucking one coal. Making the fucking uh, yeah. Agent I'm, I'm the one in the, the back, the back shoveling the, the coal. Snowpiercer um, I'll admit when when he does well, like he he made the right tactical decisions against LAFC, uh, and then everybody played. Perfectly, and they won the game, right? So the, he can make some decisions correctly. Um, everybody's—I've just been lo like watching people on fucking Twitter being like, "Whoa, the fucking he made a U.S. Open Cup run." You know who we beat in the fucking U.S. Open Cup? We beat Kansas City, who sucks right now. We beat Houston, who sucks. We beat uh, fucking New Mexico, um, and we beat Portland. Was the toughest game we played? Yes, that at was home. a good game. That was a great game. at home, and it was a great game at home. It was like. You know, the, whatever the yeah. four days after we had played them, like earlier in the week, right? Yeah. And so, so we played one tough game to get to the Open Cup. Yeah. And granted, Houston away, not not and then an we easy game. We turned it up in that in that finals. So. Yeah, and there there too some questionable, I think, tactical choices yeah. there. So. so like, so yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, he left Darwin, he left fucking Darwin out of that fucking final. So so like, don't give me like, oh, he made a U.S. Open Cup final run. That's that should be it enough all, to keep his fucking goes job in the pot. Oh, of course. I'm also going to ditch on your podcast now. This event's running up. I've got to do some like you have you have to work bar duty duty duties <laughs> duties. Uh, duty. But thank you, thanks yeah. listeners. Uh, and I I think this is the first time I've been on your podcast and not been shit faced. So. That's true. Yeah, you oh, last wow. time I'm not slurring right now. Am I? Yeah. I'm very. Uh, I'm just okay. Yeah, you're you're I'm just relatively like in sober. a good state of drunk. So yeah. good. He, he thinks he's not slurring. Isn't that bad? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so I love you so right much. Now. Right. No, the, the thank you. Do you want me to unplug this? Wes, <laughs> no, no. We'll take care of it. Wes out. Yeah, thank you, Wes. Wes Hashtag Wes out. All right. Can we, can we talk about the next? Er, Antifa? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Antifa after <laughs> after all the fun of talking about that shit. Let's yeah. talk about something somehow even more depressing. So, yeah, that was that was, that was was a nice thing is that we, uh, we're having all this really shitty stuff going on with the team and with MLS. And we're like, oh, great, a soccer match to, like, 
keep us not depressed. And then it was a depressing soccer match. Depressing so soccer it really, match. It really doubled um, down. So. We'll see which is more depressing. So uh, give everybody the rundown. What What is the whole situation around uh, around the Iron Front and MLS and now MNUFC getting their feet wet? Um, I mean, there's only so much I can I you know can talk about. Um, Just uh, g- give the highlights for the people who don't follow it too closely. So basically, there was a the, the MLS came out with this uh, very vague uh, code of, fan code of conduct that include banning of political um, banning of political symbols and, and, and ideology and things like that. Um, it's very mealy mouth. It was very uh, kick the can down the road. Uh, very much inviting confrontation, um, and considering that most, at least most soccer supporters here in the U.S. are are pretty progressive, uh, generally um, anti uh, anti fascist, anti racist, uh, pro like people being welcome into the stands, and and you know we do have the the dark clouds have have long held banners about all are welcome, um, you know a red card of racism. Uh, we've we've held banners uh, about uh, honoring like Philando Castile, things like that have been have been recently in the last couple years like banned from entering the stadium. So yeah. it, was, it was, and honestly, ultimately, uh, Minnesota picked like the the front office picked a fight that they didn't really need to pick. Then that, that I think is for me is the biggest uh, takeaway from this is that people have been flying the Iron Front uh, flag in the section of, of in the the supporter section. For years, there's a picture of fucking the the Minnesota United fucking mascot PK holding up an Iron Front flag. Probably not realizing what it was or what it meant, but that was but this, before but this Antifa was, but this became a really but visible this like thing. Four as years well. ago, right? Yeah. So like again, yeah, and and they uh, port so Portland. So if you don't know the backstory, and I'll, I'm not going to go into the entire backstory, Portland has been has been sort of run over with uh, these like far right, alt right, proud boys who are like literally trying to incite violence. Um, and then the anti- and so and the Portland people have been flying the Iron Front flag for a long time, um, and they're very much against fucking fascists and against racists and against yeah. people who are trying to um, make the world less safe for people who are not like them. And and so there was there was a, a, a struggle like literally like there's been um, uh, alt right uh, proud boys who literally like try to threaten Seattle Sounders fans. Like during their march to the match and like threatening them with violence. So, New York City has had fucking Nazis in their stadium, um, like self-avowed Nazis yeah, in their yeah. fucking stadium. So it's this is not a this is not a, a boogeyman that that MLS has created. There these these are actual people who are actually showing up um, either in the stands uh, or at the places where the people who are going to soccer matches who are supportive of these anti-racist, anti-fascist uh, policies um, are congregating. And again, not in Minnesota, right? This, we have not had this issue in Minnesota yet. Um, and I, I emphasize yet because that is a, a very distinct point. So, so Minnesota goes out of their way. And, and again, I, I think a lot of it was on Minnesota's part was just terrible communication about it. And if they would have been smarter, they would have. They would have not. You're really burying the lead. Minnesota United has banned the Iron Front imagery so, yes. on clothing I mean, and so they, uh, so uh, displays. That was, that was what came out. They had banned it on any, in any way, shape, or form, right? So if you have a fucking tattoo of the Iron Front logo, you theoretically couldn't show up to Minnesota United matches, right? Um, that was that was the impression they gave to all the supporter groups. Supporter groups, the Wonderwall said, "Wait, fuck that! Like that's bullshit." Um, 
like we agree it's also bullshit that you can't do it in displays so tifo flags other like other types of displays um and we'll continue to fight you on that but like you can't not let someone wear a fucking uh iron front on their on their shirt into the stadium and like make them turn their shirt inside out or kick them out of the stadium yeah. that's bullshit um apparently it sounds like the team was like that was just poor communication by the team a someone not knowing what they're supposed to say and saying the wrong thing because yeah. there was a meeting um we'll let i'll let the wonderwall the wonderwall probably will be coming out with a statement about what came out of that meeting more or less like like that's it's they're not going to ban you if you wear uh iron front stuff your hat your shirt pins things like that um, displays are still part of the MLS policy, and we are, and you know, the, the sport groups are still pushing the team to talk to MOS about an getting that rid, getting yeah. rid of that very like very ambiguous political thing that they have. Um, because let's face it, the fucking national anthem is political. Flybys of, of stadiums are political. Um, the pride flag is political. The the trans flag is political. You can't really get away from political. In sports and, and in life generally, like anybody who's like you know stick to you know stick to sports, asshole. Like no, like political sports, same fucking thing. It's it's all part of one thing. And either you need to embrace it and say, listen, this is a venue where um, people are free to express themselves. And listen, they keep saying, well, if we let if we don't do anything, people will come in wearing swastikas. I'm like, no, like we're trying to. The reason we the reason that we are fly, flying iron front flags and things like that is to let. Those assholes know that not like swastikas and and Nazis and racists are not welcome here. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else is; they're not welcome here. The idea, in my in my estimation, the the goal here is that is that we don't have to fly those fucking flags anymore because all the racists and all the sexists and all the assholes are out of the fucking stadium. Yeah, and it's just p- people want to enjoy soccer, enjoy having a good time. Like they're the team is making it way more of an issue than they absolutely needed to. And that's and I think that is the moral of the story here is that this is not an issue. The team made it an issue. Yeah. They got kind of butthurt about uh, about us making it an issue. Um, yeah. And apparently the people were calling and calling people in the front office a fucking fascist. I'm like, cool. Don't be a fascist. Like you, you there's 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 antifa, there's anti-fascist, and then there's fascist. Like there's no middle ground. There's no gray area. You either are a fascist or you're an anti you're anti-fascist. It's a hard fence and to sit you, on. You got to pick one. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't yeah. waffle in the middle there. And that's ah. that ultimately that's where that's where I stand. And so, um, if you have any thoughts or, or things about this, hit me up on Twitter. Um, drop slide into my DMs. Uh, can't talk much more about anything else because like there's really not much more to talk about. Well, Wonderwall. It, I think I'm assuming the team will be releasing something probably tomorrow or maybe the next day. Um, but yeah, that's a. Uh, it's, this is not a, this is not a done issue, basically. Is what I'm saying, but I think there's been progress made. Yeah, uh, keep an eye out for Wonderwall issuing something like an official statement. Um, you're gonna want to keep a close eye on that. Um, I mean, you, you run into the like, you run into the issues with, with the one with the front office on Tifo stuff. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We've we've made some pretty non-controversial Tifos that have been uh, disallowed by the team. Yeah, and we and we've gotten some so, so, somewhat controversial Tifos approved by the team. And flown like that. That uh, pride yeah. one from last year was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's so the front office is not. So I think long story short, the front office of Minnesota United is not the enemy here. Right. Um, I think they put their foot in their mouth. Yes, is the is they, uh, the largest sin they committed they here. They very much put truth, their foot in their mouth, and they are, but they are not. They also could do more to advocate. Oh sure. Yeah. And so 
I think that is ultimately where we need to like take this to the next to the next level. Is like we need to push them to advocate um, for for us and for and for what we're trying to do. And if it's if it's Minnesota United's fan base, like there are other there are like Portland and Seattle. Like we just need to get more people to advocate for. It. And there's yeah. there's a big independent supporter council meeting with MLS next week. And hopefully, when they come out of that meeting, they say, you know what, we made a mistake. Putting political in that world in that in that statement was wrong and, and, and not right, and we're gonna fix that, and it's gonna go away. I doubt that's yeah. gonna happen. If they could come out and say, look, we tried to do a good thing. They we could. were trying to do a positive thing, and in doing so, we realized that we, we were aired in ways we didn't expect. We fucked up, and, and we did and not yeah, expect yeah. this, yeah. Because I do believe that their intention was to uh, uh, try to prohibit some of the kinds of things you and I would want genuinely prohibited, but in, in doing so with the very corporate kind of language and intent, and trying probably, uh, well, meaningly, to anticipate what the ne- if you say swastikas, then the, they're gonna come out with some other fucking thing, and it's a new symbol. And now you got so they're trying to kind of be ge- general catch-all, yeah. uh, and that's that's not the way to do it. Uh, but I do believe that there's probably at the root of it something like a positive intent that has been really mishandled. Maybe I I know that I'm more naive about it than other people. I know you guys are like, who can I get mad at? There's got to be somebody. But I, hey that, man, I I've been in those rooms. I know how those rooms. I know, go. I know, I know, and I know you do. I'm not saying it, it was a positive. I don't think, I don't think they anticipated the backlash. Um, oh, certainly not. Which yeah. is which is weird because it, you know, so that, that's the other big thing is that soccer supporter culture is way different than any other supporter culture right. in any sport. I mean. The only thing that is comparable, maybe, is like Japanese baseball in terms of like, like supporting, like, like just nonstop singing, nonstop supporting, yeah, that is and a all the people thing, yeah. who are coming to these, especially. And again, now soccer has some really fucked up supporters. Um, just look at Italy. Italy has some really fucked up racist soccer supporters. Oh, yeah. So we're not all progressive, uh, liberal, fucking amazing people, right? There's some shitty ass soccer supporters out there in the world. Don't get me wrong, but generally here in the U.S. Um, a lot, and I keep hearing it from people, is that people come to this support, they, they come to this sport for myriads of reasons. One of those reasons, though, being is that, like, it's a place for, like, for weirdos and for, like, people who have these, like, you know, crazy left ideas of, like, a great society and awesome, just, it's not, it's not your typical, like, NFL fan or, you know, MLB fan or uh, NBA fan. Although probably M- NBA and MLS probably have the more most of like the sort of the, the uh, crossover in terms of similarities in terms of like progressive politics and things like that. But even still, I think MLS fans as a whole are way more progressive than any other sporting fan base in the U.S. Yeah. And to and to actively court that support and actively use that support, and th- this happened a couple years ago when they were banning smoke and shit, where it was like you are literally using fan support groups like SGs. Like using smoke and shit, and then you're turn on telling us that smoke isn't allowed in the stadiums. Like this is Minnesota, this is a Minnesota United thing too. Like your fucking league is telling us that like they're showing ads with like gigantic plumes of smoke and everything, and then you're turn on telling us that we can't do smoke. Yeah, it's just the league is very hypocritical. It's a young league too, though. I mean, it's league's 21 or 22 years old or whatever. So yeah, think about what you did when you were 22 years old. Oh, I did some really stupid Holy shit when I was 22 yeah. years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the way we need to be Grimace. thinking about this. So let's let's not talk about this anymore. Let's, no, no. Let's yeah, talk one about last a, thing you're talking about, and it's r- the real a six, deal. A six-pointer uh, on this Sunday. This is huge. Yeah. Probably the biggest match of the weekend, if you ask me. 
Yeah. Uh, so we got RSL. Um, RSL, who uh, piggybacked or jumped us in the uh, point total, are now sitting in second place. Uh, we are in fourth place with 45 points. Um, literally, we are separated from eighth place by three points, which is why I'm very, I'm very concerned about playoffs in this team. Like, let alone hosting a fucking playoff game. Um, the, the West is wild. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that, that, that we're only one point behind Real Salt Lake. I yeah. mean, that, that, that is a very close gap. But, yeah, that, that we could have a lousy weekend and also fall out of the playoff picture is very MLS-y. And it's exciting. This is cool to be coming down the stretch, playing meaningful games, and few are going to be more meaningful than this. RSL in second place, Minnesota United in fourth place. Um, we've For now, we've got a slight edge on goal differential, if that matters in the yeah. end. Um, who's good on uh, Rail Salt Lake's team? Uh, I feel like we talk about RSL all the time. And I don't, I mean, I don't really know who's good on RSL. Like, they have some good players, and it's, it seems like it's not its not one or two consistent players playing really well. Um, obviously, you know, Nick Romano's in his last go-around, and he hasn't yeah. been playing great, but still pulls out wins for him. Um, yeah, had a good game against uh, San Jose. He did, yeah. Uh, Albert Rusnak um, has been a thorn in Minnesota's side yeah. um, pretty consistently. Uh, Joao Plata, obviously, and then Jefferson Savarino, uh, the midfielder, has, uh, you know, has been a, a pretty... Um, Good, consistent player for for RSL. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, Jefferson Savarino has played just about every time he's got the opportunity this year, and he's sitting on seven goals and five assists. So just really good, well-rounded uh, second forward to play alongside um, Sam Johnson. Who is Sam Johnson's an interesting oh, yeah. guy. Sam Johnson has only started twelve games or something like that. He's kind of a super sub, and and he has no assists by the way. But he's he's uh, he's I think tickling ten goals right now. So um, he's in great position. The 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 problem. I'm going really fast into the who sucks, but the problem is that when they don't play, when they don't have Rusnak, and when they don't have um, Jefferson Savarino playing up top, the, it, the, everything else falls apart. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say that the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, and I think it is. But some parts are more equal than others, and those are two that they've been heavily reliant on. The last, as I transition into who sucks, I want to talk about Jao Plato because I was a huge Jao Plata yeah, fan. Yeah, you were. And, uh, and he got designated player status two years ago. And the, the decline of Jao Plata has been soul-crushing for me personally. <laughs> he's started to get more looks lately, but yeah. mostly this season he's only appeared as a substitute. Um, he's not had much success and and he's no longer a designated player now and so for him to fall from grace like that has has really hurt my heart area you know uh but if he does find time which he he did start against san jose uh if he does find time then um he could be a thorn in our side i guess yeah. i don't know maybe i'm being optimistic there but uh, uh la last name that we didn't mention who's good uh donnie toya yeah uh, oh excellent yeah. young defender there uh yeah, excellent in the center. So uh, yeah. he's one more guy to watch out for. I, I would I would like to point out um, who is he, again one of the most players who's like so hit and miss is Brooks Lennon. Um, sometimes he sucks, sometimes he's great. Um, sorry, my as I transition to who sucks, I just love that when you Google uh, RSL roster um, and it shows the pictures, like he's the only one like not in an RSL. He's in his Liverpool shirt. <laughs> they don't have a picture of him from his uh, RSL shirt. That's still so, how he's defined by yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, as a huh? Liverpool uh, 
a flame out of Liverpool, so of the academy. Yeah, yeah that's what that's literally what it says in his Wikipedia entry is is a flame out at Liverpool. Liverpool that's, flame out. That's uh, who, uh, who else sucks on RSL? Man, uh, I'd say Nick Romano overall. You know, uh, he's a yeah, legend. Yeah, he's, he's not been he's great somebody, this season. Um, and and um, I, here's a game where I still wish that we had uh, Christian Ramirez because uh, Christian Ramirez has owned that fucking yeah. guy. Even for LAFC, he tortured him. He likes him, to so. chip, the, chip the shit out of him. Yeah, he just absolutely owns him. So um, I think he's a guy that he's, he's, he's beatable, I think. Uh, another guy, um, Kyle Beckerman is is uh, a really experienced, uh, head-crunching defensive midfielder. But uh, he's also got a lot of mileage on his legs, and um, I don't see him as, uh, as a huge threat. I think they're going to keep rolling him out there as long as he can stand on his own two legs. Uh, but I think he's going to be more liability than uh, asset. Sure. So that's who sucks. Uh, if it, worth calling out, if anybody cares, Luke Mulholland still technically on the roster, yes, I believe. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota Stars I do not favorite. believe he's played any minutes, but he used to play a little bit more of a, of a role for RSL, including uh, uh, during uh, some Champions League action. So, so good on Luke Mulholland, and uh, I hope someday he gets to play again. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anyway, so how do we play him? What, what is minute, we, we've went a lot into tactics when we were talking reactively about what went wrong against Houston. So what's the right answer? We know what the wrong answers are. What are the right answers against RSL then? I mean, the 4-2-3-1, obviously. We're at home, um, so we should have that home field advantage, hopefully. Um, and so, but, you know, who the fuck knows with Heath week to week, right? Like, one week it's a, the 5-3-2, one week it's a 4-3-3, transitions into a 4-2-3-1 in the middle of the park. So, I mean, you should play the players. I guess... It, Honestly, a lot of it depends on, on Darwin. Um, we've talked about Darwin, and even if he is like not playing well, he at least draws attention uh, to create space for yeah. either Angelo if, or Mason. If you let him play comparatively positionless, if you yeah. let him try to find the space, exactly, in that, he'll in either that, find it or he'll drag somebody four, along. In that four-two-three-one yeah, sort of yeah. role, yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess you could theoretically, you could theoretically you could play that four-two-three-one without Darwin, but put Thomas Jacone in that role. Um, but he doesn't have the same, um, you know, uh, connections with you know with Angelo, with Mason, with the, the wingers as Darwin does. As Darwin has played with those guys for the last, you know, basically the last year. Or so, um, so you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I really, I mean, honestly, it depends on if Darwin, how, like how Darwin's feeling, if he's if he's ready to go or not. Yeah. So, so for me, I mean, tactically, I think you do the same thing whether he's healthy or not, but. I think you want Darwin starting if he's healthy. Um, so what if he's not healthy? Who do if you, he's who not do you healthy, put I think, you put, uh, I think you put Tomas Chacon in there. Uh, I, I have enough confidence in him. And tr if we have a young DP, we're going to put out a bunch of money for him. We're expecting him to become the guy that we need him to become. Uh, and he needs to do that with time. He's, he's either there right now or he needs time and he needs meaningful games. Um, I don't think there's anybody else who can adequately play that role. There's not an obvious substitute other I mean, than a big formational change. Uh, yes. I mean, you could put Molino in that role. I've never enjoyed Molino in that role, I mean, personally. But Heath has put Molino in that role no, before. See, every time I ask you how should we play them, you answer with, well, who knows how he's going to... I'm not asking how he's going to play them. I'm asking what we should do. And well, yeah, my, no, no, and I know, and yes, we should do a 4-2-3-1 with uh, Darwin or Chacon in that role, yes. That's my feeling. But I also like to think about, like, 
the hypotheticals of like what would what do you think Heath will do? And I think Heath is a fucking uh, powder keg, and who the fuck knows what he's gonna do? It helps that we're at home. I, I think there's gonna be less of a perceived impetus to have to play on the back foot. Um, so I think that we're more likely to go with a, say a four-two-three-one uh, than a fucking five-three-two. You know, uh, which if we were on the road against a really uh, good caliber team, you might see some some uh, daring defensive stuff like that. So um, yeah, four-two-three-one. I think the biggest question is the wings. Uh, I think it's probably for starters some combination of Ethan Finley and, and Kevin Molino. Um, but we still have, you know, you can see Robin Lude out there. I would not play Chacon out wide. If Darwin's healthy, I would not play Chacon out wide just to play him. Uh, I, I think he's best played centrally. Um, uh, what I love, the last thing I'd love to see in a, in a 4-2-3-1 is I would love to see our wing players not running onto the end of through balls as we do in a counter-attacking mentality. I'd love to actually see them trying to play between the lines. Uh, finding that line between uh, the the regressed midfield and the back line and play with the ball at their feet a little bit more. Um, our offense has been largely stagnant. It really has. And uh, even though we felt good about being a counterattacking team in general, I think that we're going to score more goals when we play with the ball at our feet. Uh, and it's a run out I'd like to see us do. You know the last time we played at home? What's that? Last time we played at home, Orlando City was a 1-1 draw. Okay. We played super fucking conservatively. I, okay, so you have one data point. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Just pointing it out. Well, you know what? And Every then, game then, we play from now on will be the exact same <laughs> as that. Anyways, yeah. So. Uh, uh, do you have a score prediction? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I think we lose this game. think so? I Is think it we just lose. pessimism, like, or do you think the, lo- the, the lineup here, the matchup, it just our weaknesses fall right to their strengths and all that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe I'm trying to reverse jinx it because I thought we were going to get the shit kicked out of us against LAFC and beat Houston, and those are the exact opposite results of what I thought we would do. So maybe I'm trying to reverse jinx it. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, this team has uh, – it's it's clear that – I don't think Heath has lost the locker room per se, but I think there's, a, there's just – it doesn't seem like the players have been playing even – Going back to um, the Sporting Kansas City game, I mean, LAFC, of course, is, is I think an outlier, and but Houston Dynamo, the United game, uh, Sporting Kansas City, the Orlando game, even the Rapids game where we won one to nothing, um, we didn't look like we were like like the team was playing well. I don't think we've looked well since we actually beat Portland uh, back in August. Right. So that's two fucking months, over two months since I think we looked. Like we lost to FC Dallas three to five, um, beat Colorado one to nothing. What, draw with Orlando City home, lost to Sporting, uh, lost to Atlanta, beat LAFC, I think miraculously, and then had, like just looked abject against Houston. We haven't looked good in two over two months, so I don't know. This is a whole other podcast, but um, I think that LA, I was so stoked about that LAFC win. And it was the biggest red herring either. Because people walked away thinking that we're like a great team. Dude, we made... We could not 
have let an absolute mouse fart of a mistake happen to have not blown that out of her ass. It took two miraculous bangers from from Toy that you cannot count on him regularly getting. And, and then amazing, every other thing had to go. An amazing save by Manone before those yes. before he even scores those goals. Yeah, you, to keep us in the game. Yeah, you play that game in that style a hundred times, and we are getting utterly cornholed ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, that was. And people think that we're geniuses. That uh, no, that that was not who we are. That's yeah. That that, that so, goes back to my point. Uh, huge so red herring. I think RSL wins two to one. I have a two to nothing win to Minnesota United. I, I feel I really, really good about this. Result, yeah. I, I like the way we line up against them. Okay. So. I love it. Uh, cool. Do you want to you want to call the games for the weekend, or have we run long? No, we're running. <laughs> long. I, I, I we're running long. I do. Have, we do have some Twitter questions though. So okay, uh, let's do those. Um, so how many consecutive company cup cups do you believe the Daves can win? Way back to a couple of months ago, did did you ever dream of winning? Being part of a foot, foot a futsal dynasty. That's from our friend Andy, the Cribs. Certainly never thought uh, about us starting a dynasty. That never entered my thought. But I mean, but, but we're part of one now. So, hey, if you win a couple of games on a Sunday afternoon, it's a dynasty. That's if you I don't make the rules. If you win four in a row, that's a I call that a fucking uh, streak. So. I think that we will be a dynasty as long as we have Chris Lidholm playing for us. Yes. That's it. That's the only uh, answer. Speaking of people that we want to play with us again, Steve Nelson asked uh, if you could have Superman back but had to trade away had to trade away toy, would you do it? So would you no. trade? No. Yeah, I agree. I, I think. Uh, Christian is a, is a solid MLS player. Um, I think that some of the things that he did when he wasn't scoring goals were overlooked by some people, but he is only – just a solid MLS yeah. player. Um, he went. He's in. So we have a younger guy with a ton of upside. Yeah. Take it. When they showed the graphic last night about his his trade, like we traded him to LAFC for like eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in like gam tam stuff. He got traded to uh, Houston for like two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand yeah. in tam gam. Well, that's and what I said when it happened. Everybody was very sad, and, and and maybe rightfully so. But we sold while the market was hot on a guy who is not necessarily going to be the next world beater. I mean, theoretically, Mason Toy could, could theoretically, I mean, he played in that U.S. Uh, U23 game against Japan, scored a goal, looked great, um, very much is in, in the possibility of being on the uh, Olympic roster uh, for 2020. Yeah. Um, we could very much sell, we could potentially sell Mason Toy for mi like several million dollars. Uh, yeah, to, if he continues to, to develop, Europe. so way, yeah. yeah, so 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 no, it's a no-brainer. Love yeah. you, Christian. Um, Steve Nelson asks also, who had the best jerseys at the Company Cup Cup? Oh, uh, um, uh, two United fans by far, because they fucking match. Well, yeah, I mean that was that's just matching shirts. That's just because Notch bought a shit ton of shirts and had, had like, literally has them sitting in his fucking basement. I don't, I don't give a shit how they came by them. They matched. The rest of us looked homeless. Sure. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, Andy, who's on our team, asks, as a guest player this time around, I was thinking of starting a podcast, maybe with Chris Lidholm and Brett Algren to ensure I can compete in the next one. That's not really a question. He just wants to start a podcast. Um, listen. Just to have a soccer team yeah, to play? Yeah. Listen, okay. listen, Andy. You can, as the reigning champions, I feel like we should be able to have our team play again next year. It, let the other teams reload with other players. We should have our same team next time. We own his play. contract. Yes. He cannot play for other That's teams. That's 100% true. You cannot sign yes. with another. Yeah. We um, own his ass. Uh, 
So Chad asks, should MNUFC just set up very defensively on the road and counter against mid-table teams and higher? Your thoughts? I mean, that's what we, that's what I, this team does. I, yeah, I like. I, I don't even think it's a question of whether we should or we do. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. In fact, we've done it against lesser opponents, we are, and we've done it at home. We I are mean. occasionally good at it, and then but mostly terrible at it. So you know. Anyways, that's the questions. Wasn't there a question about how great it was for me to take my shirt off or some bullshit? Uh, no. Well, uh, Chris, Chris Lidholm wanted you to talk about like the redemption of that goal uh, and winning your kids back. We, I, we I, talked about I that. I think we've talked about it. Yeah. Suffice to say, I think that although I was far, far, far from the best player out there, I embarrassed no one and I acquitted no. myself well enough. See, I'm, 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 I'm super fucking proud of, uh, of, of our result in that tournament. We, we were the Leicester City of, of that podcast. Oh, no, no, yeah. one, no one dead, expected us. Dead last was yeah. the prediction um, for us. Everybody yeah. predicted us to, to finish last, and we went and got, went, got, went yeah. and won the goddamn yeah. thing. Even so. our non-ringers looked confident, and we had a shitload of fun, so yeah, what else sure. matters? For sure. So, all right, um, man. All right. So you can always find us at daysayno.com, uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. I'm at Texas Eller. Martin is at Offensive Loons. Uh, I had some really great tweets last night about uh, – Adrian Heath and uh, look like what Adrian Heath looks like. Adrian Heath looks like uh, the guy who complains about the girls at the legal brothel. I was, I was pretty proud of that one. Um, did you delete that you tweet? Could, I did not delete that tweet. Oh, okay. No, I deleted another one that was oh, God. A, a little a little more crass. Oh, uh, more crass than that. Okay. About, it was about Chase Gasper. We didn't really talk about fucking Chase Gasper. Let's talk about it after the mics yeah. are off. Anyways, um, you guys will find Wes, uh, our friend Wes Burdine, who showed up in this podcast, at MNNiceFC. Um, Martin, take us home. We have been the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. To try and work it out. Cause we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here, become feet, cunt. Yeah. Uh, we, we do yeah. our things, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Uh, son, 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 son